and we like to say good morning at you. I had a friend of mine who used to tell me that all the time. Bob Hamilton over at WQBE, boy, you just move a camera, John. So you can move, you can put it back. Yeah, just just put it back on all fours. No, no, don't twist it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Lord have mercy. But uh, I think it still looks all right. The um, But anyway, Bob Hamilton from over at WQBE, he used to say good morning at you. And uh, so I say good morning to everybody today watching and listening live on YouTube, Facebook. We're also on Rumble. We're live on Twitter. And we're live on Twitch. And we're live on LinkedIn. Good morning to everybody that's watching. And glad to have you tuned in. Then later on, uh, you'll be on YouTube. I say we'll be on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. That's a big one. And uh, so we encourage you to share, like, and to subscribe and uh, to get the word out. And so I'm your host, John Fowler, along with John Sandy this morning. The glad John, to have John you. Show. Absolutely. Glad to have you tuned in. What color shirt is that? It looks, it looks pink. Peach, a little peach. It looks pink on, on the camera. It does. But it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a peach color. But, you know, you can handle that. Yeah, I mean, I'm man enough to do it. I used to wear a pink shirt. You did? A dress shirt, pink, yeah. I mean, and yeah. Cynthia make you stop or No, she realized that it was just part of who I am and Pink? Weak. Weak, listen to you. You <laughs> like that background? The background oh, Yeah. We were, were is that any place in particular? Yeah, the, Christy and I walk at the wave pool mm-hmm. and uh I took that couple days ago i thought the sky looks so pretty mm, it is That's and nice. uh, so uh, you know if you you have a background that you would like uh, us to to uh, put on the show this uh, send me a picture and i will try to do that you can transfer just from them doing that i can well that's kind of cool yeah because people take a lot that's a really neat suggestion john because people get some really cool pictures like double rainbows and all oh, this yeah. kind of stuff and yeah that'd be awesome send them in yeah, yeah send them in and we'll be glad to we'll be glad to post them and have them out there definitely for sure and uh just a busy week lots of things going on uh in people's lives and uh pastor jay uh won't be with us on friday because he's got another obligation so his people called my people, and uh, so we're not able to get together this Friday. But, you know, we only have one or two listeners anyway. So, it, you know, it's like <laughs> on Tuesdays. You know, on, no, on the rest, Fridays. The, I was say the rest of the week's fine. It's just Tuesdays. Just Tuesdays. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you've been on a series here that uh, I think, is to, to make sure that I'm right, mm-hmm. you're on part three <laughs> in the Connect Group and part two on the podcast. Yeah, and even though they are by the same title, it's amazing to me how different each lesson is being taught, the things that God shows me and that I share. So if you happen to hear both, you will see that, that there can be quite a difference in the two. Well, that's awesome. Well, John Sandy on part two. Here we go. Yep, yep. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Pulse at WV Live uh, here on uh, our Connect Center in Taze Valley. Uh, We um, have been working on the topic, uh, don't share your brain. But, of course, we like to start out with a little notable quotable or notable nugget. Uh, If you didn't catch Sunday morning, I did a wonderful little thing on a notable nugget, uh, which is like a storyline of uh, an experience I had with one of the people we rent to and um, just how God helped in the whole situation and how important it is that your word be your word and you mean what you say and you, you say what you mean and we got into some wonderful things there, so if you want to tune that in from this last Sunday morning. And, of course, I have a podcast that John helped put together entitled Growing With God. I have over 
120 messages, I believe, on that now. And it's a great library. I'd like you to check it out. And get back with us. Let us know. John's made this comment, and it is really, really does mean a lot. People say, uh, would you, we ask someone, would you like to live on a dirt floor in Africa? Well, most people would say no. But if God's called you there, he'll give you a desire for that. But what you can do in place of that is share our programs. Because that is a form of missionary work, and it really helps to get the word out to a lot of people. And we really appreciate if you'll take the time to hit like and share, and even subscribe for notifications and uh, comments. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's a question, whether it's a comment, a suggestion, a prayer request, praise report, whatever. We'd love to love to hear from you from whatever state and country you are watching. Got a little notable quota before you today. God gives me these little things, and, and I, I share some other people's as well, but trying to share some of these things that God's given me. One of them for today is we are not seeking for God to be with us. He is already in us, which is, as a believer, we believe that that the same spirit that raised Christ and that lives in us. And I said to the class uh, the other day, I said, now don't, don't everybody run for the door, but I'm going to tell you something. I said, you can accomplish more with the Holy Spirit in you than with Jesus by your side. You say, how could you say such a thing? Well, it's scriptural. Jesus said, I must go to the Father so that I can send the Holy Spirit, and you may do greater things than I did. And what Jesus was simply saying was, he's in one body. Now, he did some amazing things in that one body, especially after he was raised uh, from the dead walking through walls and appearing places like he did on Damascus Road and Damascus Road and many things. But uh, he's telling us that he can work through all of us now, through each one of us as vessels for him. So that's a little notable nugget for today. And a little bit of review as we continue on with our topic, Don't Share Your Brain. Now, that concept, and if you haven't listened to this program, you'll find out that that concept has to do with uh, don't allow people to um, invade your brain with their ideas and their thoughts and their certain spirit that they may carry on them. That's not of God. That can cause you to have unbelief and many other things that can hinder God's working in our lives. Uh, last week we mentioned the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Just in slight review here from the New King James Version, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Notice that we are taking every thought, not just the bad thoughts. Usually when you hear that scripture, my thought is, well, he's talking about all those things that shouldn't be in your brain. Take those captive. No, he said take every thought captive. Now, why is that? We want to be in control and deciding what comes in and what doesn't. You can reject Christ just just the same way as you can reject bad thoughts. But you can receive good things as well as you could receive bad thoughts. And you're you're kind of letting people have rent your brain, a little section of room in your brain, and they can highly influence where you go with God because you allow them in. So that's what we've been talking about in review. When we do, we are in control of everything coming and going. Have you thought about that? You take every thought captive, you'll have to answer and you'll have to make a decision on every thought you get. You may get thoughts that's not of you, that you think, where in the world did that come from? And they're not yours. Satan can't read your mind, but he can plant thoughts in your mind. So you have to reject those things. You have about two or three seconds to decide what to do with it. And one of my other little notable quotables is, uh, if you don't chew on something, you'll never know what it tastes like. 
And the problem we have is we'll get thoughts that are not good, but we will chew on them anyway. Whether it be in the area of fantasizing, fantasy, or whatever, whether it might be you might have a thought about um, hatred towards someone, bitterness. If you chew on that, then you basically you you reinvent the thought. You reinvent for you that thought, and it becomes embedded in you. And boy, is it hard to get out the more you chew on it. So. It's best that when you get a thought, evaluate it. Is this of God or not? Is this good or bad? Does it line up with Scripture or not? And do accordingly what you need to do. Reject it or allow it in. And then we have to respond. We don't think about this sometimes. But you have to respond to every thought you get in one way or one fashion or another. So when you get these good thoughts or bad thoughts, you're going to have to do something with them. And the quicker you do it, the easier it is to do you hear that? The quicker you do it, the easier it is to do. There was always in us a response to every thought. In other words, we shall always have to decide what to do with each one of those thoughts. We must have the support of faith. Get that? We must have the the support of faith in God and his word to have that control of our thoughts. He said to take every thought captive. He also said that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And we have to decide what to do with that. Have you ever thought that this scripture that I just read, we reference every thought means good and bad thoughts? I mentioned that just a moment ago. So we have all kinds of thoughts that come in, and we're to take every one of them captive. We are the king of our castle. We are the lord of our land, and we are the um, the captain of our own ship. And we will decide where we go and what we do. <clears throat> and where we spend eternity. We, we must monitor and evaluate all thoughts so as not to caught, to be caught off guard against deception. And the Bible talks about that he would shorten the days for the elect's sake, for even the elect's sake, because we might be deceived. You know, are we ever living in a time where right seems wrong and wrong seems right? It, it boggles my mind when I hear people talk and say things where they actually support and supposedly believe in things that are so off the wall, John, so out of the, the Word of God. And these sometimes are Christians talking. I think, Lord, help us not to be deceived. One way to fight deception is to, to stay ahead of it so it doesn't root in you. As soon as soon That's why you have to hide the Word in your heart. Because once that thought comes in, what's the closest thing to your brain? Your heart, about 18 inches, maybe about 18 inches between the heart and the mind. Because... Take every thought captive. What enters the mind eventually gets to the heart. So it's important that we always stand on guard all the time. We must take every thought captive in control. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 from the New Living Translation. It says, guard your heart above all else. Wow. Guard your heart above all else. Folks, that's pretty profound if you think about it. Above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Folks, this is serious business. This is, this is really why when we get through our lives and down the road, we look back and say, where was God in all this? Why didn't God do this? Blah, blah, blah. Why didn't God do that? Folks, <clears throat> he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is right there with you to help you with anything at any moment you ask him for help. So you got to be on guard. You got to do your part. <clears throat> you can't say, why didn't God do this? Folks, it's one thing to ask God questions. It's another thing to question God. 
When you start questioning God, then you're competing for his position. Do you think about that? When you question God, you are competing for his position. God doesn't mind a question. He's not thrown by our struggles, our doubts, our, 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 our battles, and things that we wrestle with. That does, none of that throws God. He remembers that your feet are made of clay. But don't challenge him and question whether he is faithful. Because once you do that, <clears throat> folks, you are heading into deep deception, and eventually you will yield your will to where you don't even get convicted anymore over things that happen. Every time you get convicted, when you fail, I know it's hard when we fail. We don't want to fail. But, folks, if you're convicted about it, but thank God for that. Thank God that you're still convicted. It's, a, it's, a, it's encouraging to know that even if we fail, that he does convict us and we hear it. <clears throat> so guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all appearance of evil. Avoid all um, perverse talk. And he gives examples here. I love the way he does that. Stay away from all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Man, he's talking about the mouth a lot, isn't he? Because from the mouth flow the issues of life. From the heart flow the issues of life. And what's in the heart came from the brain first. So stay away from these types of talks and speeches. Look straight ahead like the horses when they're running with the blinders on. They don't want them looking to the left and right of the horses. They want them looking at the goal, the purpose while they're there. And that's why they wear them. So look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. What lies before you guys? What road are you traveling today? Is it a road of towards godliness and holiness and obedience to Christ? Is it another road? You know, we all like to share uh, Ober Winfrey's thoughts about all roads lead to Jesus. Well, we know they don't. There's only one. And I'll tell you one thing else. It gets more and more narrow as you travel. Why? Because there's few that travel it. And you're going to have a certain area of your life where you may appear, appear lonely at times or misunderstood. Just remember, folks, the deeper you go with God, the more you're going to be misunderstood, the less people that will like you, the less people that will understand, and I'll that word, the less people that will understand what you're going through. And it can appear lonely at times, but your God, my God, but my God is always there with you. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. Folks, if we could just somehow, and I'm speaking to myself as well, if we could somehow get past responding to the five senses when everything happens and it throws us, it's our five senses responding. If we ever get to the point where we are not encumbered and bound by the shackles of our five senses, now, I'm talking about following Jesus. Now, you may, God can speak to you and use your five senses. He gave them to you to enjoy. He speaks through them. But don't let the senses in themselves determine whether God's in something or not. Well, I don't feel right about that. Well, God may be telling you that. But make sure it lines up with the Word of God and even seek uh, someone else's word on it that you highly value. Um Every once in a while, I'll throw things at John just to get his feedback because that's good fertile ground for me to, to seek because I know where John's walk is. I told my son, my son John last night was talking, and he said that I know that you and John Fowler are real. That's, that's wonderful. I'm thankful that he feels that way. But that's how he sees you, John, and, um, and your wife and, 
And so I'm very grateful for that, that he has those examples in front of him. Because sometimes the family's without honor in his own home. (laughs) If you're a parent of teenagers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, we need to stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked, folks. Do not get deterred by flashing lights and carnivals and and all these great rides in life uh, that want to take you in different directions. Stay focused. Don't get sidetracked. This is why you must evaluate every thought so as to not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from falling, following evil. If you don't chew on something, as I mentioned, then you will not never know what it tastes like. Now, there are certain things that God wants us to review. These are things of God, things of the kingdom of God, works of God, God's God's uh, wonderful works in the past that encourage us about our future, wonderful works in our present that encourage us about our future. There are right things to review. There are right things to evaluate and share and talk about, and none of them destroys other people on your sight and your words. You don't say things that cut and hurt people. See, God's kingdom, even when God corrects us, he does it with such love that we're encouraged. My God loves me. He's not just loving me. He is love. First Thessalonians 5, 20 through 2 through 24. 1 Thessalonians 5, 22 through 24. This is from the King James Version. Abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. This is serious business. God wants to take us to great places, great heights, and great depths in the kingdom of God. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body. Sound familiar? We just got through with the topic on that. Be preserved. Key, key word. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Folks, this scripture will give you great encouragement. It is God's word. When God says to them, folks, you can bank on it. You say, well, I don't see this work. I don't see this happening. It's not him. It's not Jesus, folks, because he stands by his word. He goes about seeking how he can manifest his promises in his people. God will never fail you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If something's not going right, check under the hood. Check what you're hauling around. Are you carrying around a lot of weight in your trunk? What, what are you doing with your life? It's not Jesus. He's right there. And he's waiting for you to have faith. He's waiting for you to believe without seeing. He's waiting for you to speak the promises of God and not the negative things. You know, there's basically three things you need to start out with if you want to believe in healing and and walk in faith. One is to believe that Jesus Christ suffered his stripes for our healing. Number two, that he still heals today. And number three, that you are included. If you believe that Jesus still heals today, you believe the first two, but you don't believe it's for everybody, I guarantee you, listen to me, I guarantee you, the day will come when you will believe you're one of those that is not going to be healed. If you leave that door open at all, eventually you will fall into that pit. So you've got to believe that through his stripes we were healed. You've got to believe that he still heals today, and you've got to believe it's for you too. Why? Because if he did it well for one person, that means he did it for you. He's not a respecter of persons. He went as far to say that, that, that John the Baptist was the greatest of all, of all the men that have ever lived. That's quite a statement. Then he turns right around and says, the least among you is greater than him. 
Folks, we are in a wonderful family group. We are part of a great family, the kingdom of God. When you give your heart to Jesus, he is right there to take you through a wonderful journey. And if you'll stay with him, if you'll not move every time you get a bump or bruise, if you'll not question who his, who he is and what his word says, but ask questions, which is fine, God will take you all the way. He says that he will, God of a God of peace, he's the God of peace. If there's turmoil in your life and confusion, be careful making decisions during those times. It's kind of like whenever I went to have some uh, work done um, and they had to put me under for a little while, the doctors, when they come out of it, they'd say to my wife, do not let him sign any documents today. <laughs> You've seen these videos of people that get uh, wisdom teeth pulled or something and they're on this gas, they put them on, and they're driving them home in the car and they're saying all kinds of goofy stuff. I mean goofy stuff. Do not sign any documents. Folks, do not sign any documents if you're not clear with God. Be careful what you sign because he wants to give you wisdom and give it to you in abundance if you don't doubt. He wants you signing the right documents. He wants you taking the right road. He wants you to have a fruitful life. He said, I have the best for those that leave the choice to me. Are you leaving the choice to him? Are you walking in his peace? If you're not, there's a turmoil. Now, there may, some of the loss of peace may be due to the battle, but it's still because you took your eye off the ball. You take your eye off God. If we take our eye off him, even as wonderful Christians, if we take our eye off him, then peace is replaced with turmoil and confusion and doubt. So he is a God of peace, and he wants to sanctify you wholly. I mean every bit, top of your head, the soles of your feet. He wants you whole, and he wants you wholly whole. I love the way Reverend Ashworth would teach on that when he was with us. He would talk about the difference between H-O-L-Y and W-H-O-L-L-Y. But this is an example right here. And he prays, and, and, and he's praying, the writer of this, this psalm, this verse is praying, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body, that's every part of you, folks, that covers the bases, is preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Folks, you can walk blameless. I'm just saying that that is our goal, Right? If you say, well, I can't live without sinning each day, well, name a sin that you do. Okay, he says, someone might say, well, complaining. Are you telling me that it is impossible to walk that whole day without complaining? See what I'm saying? When people make a blanket statement about we can't go a whole day without sinning, name me a sin that you really can't go without doing all day. Really? Really, folks? Break it down. You need to believe that God can preserve you and keep you till that day. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. You know, Nike symbol, just do it. Well, God was the originator of that one. King James Version. King James Version appears, the word appearance translates every kind of evil. So when he says a flee from the appearance of evil, he's telling you to flee, flee from every kind of evil. Folks, he needs you to cover it all. Do not let certain sins in because, oh, it's minor, it's small, no one's perfect. We find all kinds of ways to justify it. But you are to take every thought captive. You are to uh, resist 
all appearance. What's the definition of appearance? It means running from anything that's coming at you. You don't make any contact. You don't shake hands with it. You don't say, hey, how you, how's your day? Or as my wife would say, hey, how you day? <laughs> hey, how you day? No, you do not. You run from the appearance of evil. You flee as soon as you smell it coming. The NIV and NLT appearance translates into every form of evil. So we're covered. Every kind of evil, every form of evil, <clears throat> and evil can take different forms. It can be your neighbor. And I'm not saying they're evil per se or they're full of the devil. As I said one day, I said everybody sees a demon in every donut. <clears throat> but the devil can use people just like he did Peter the Last Supper. Peter didn't have a demon, but when he looked up here and said, Satan, I rebuke you, uh, he was, Satan was speaking through Peter. So if you allow yourself to be accessible, even as Peter was, uh, and his intentions were good, he didn't want to see his, his uh, Jesus die. And he was going to resist that and fight for him. Jesus knew that that was his assignment. And so he told the devil, get out of there. You know, the devil will do anything he can to get you off track. As I've mentioned before, when he was in the desert fasting 40 days, what did the devil do? He used scripture, perverted scripture, and said, well, you could turn that stone to bread. Why? Because that would get him off his fast. He wants to get you off track, folks. you got to stay focused. you got to have full thought, all, all control over your thoughts and your mind, and you've got to decide what comes in and goes out. So we need to resist the appearance of every kind or form of evil. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, New King James Version. It says, but you shall meditate in it day and night. There you go, folks. You can't drop your guard at any point. When you put on the armor of God, you never take it off. We think about, oh, this morning, every morning I get up, I'm going to put on the armor of God. No, folks, you go to bed with it. Sometimes the worst battles are right there in the middle of the night during what we talked about, that fourth watch between 3 and 6 a.m. And Roman time is what Romans considered the fourth watch where God did great miracles, did wonderful things, you know, where Jesus walked on the water and, and Moses took the people through the Red Sea. Uh, God did wonderful things during that time. If you ever find yourself waking up at 3 a.m. between 3 and 6 a.m., generally, just generally between that time, you might want well to take a moment to pray because God may be trying to get you to do something because that's an important time, that fourth watch. So we are to meditate on it day and night. That means wear your armor all the time. You don't take it off. In fact, if you will keep it on, after a while, that armor will start to mold to your form because it is very personal. He said, if you look forward, face your enemy, I'll have your rear guard. That's what he says. Why does he have a rear guard? Because you are not to turn around and go the other way or look behind you. The one thing Christians need to remember is he, God is the God of today and tomorrow. He is not the God of the past. In a sense, what I mean is you are not to review things you've already been forgiven for. Because Jesus already said, the Father says, uh, won't you ask forgiveness? I won't remember it again. As far as the east is from the west, folks, that's infinity. East to west is infinity. He'll remove our sins from us and not to remember it again. Think about that. That's why we don't look around face to back. That's why we don't review the past. As John and I have talked at different times, people will give testimonies. And during their testimony, they give the first 30 minutes, 30 minutes to the devil and what he did to them. Limit that. Cut that way back. 
The devil, devil tried to get me, and he lost. And you start talking about what Jesus does and what he's going to do in your life and what you're believing for and claiming in the name of Jesus for the kingdom of God. This is the way you have to live every day, folks. Now, I'm not taking this as, a, as an example of an idea. I'm telling you literally, you need to take every thought captive, keep your mind on him, and meditate on him day and night. You cannot let up. Once you do, you become a floating vessel in still water. And one thing you don't want to do in battle, in, a, in warfare, in the Navy, is you don't want to sit idle. Because there are submarines out there, and they are targeting you, and they are after you. you got to keep moving. Do not let the water get still around you. Keep moving forward. Now, I'm not talking about getting in the flesh. There's some people that feel like that every good things of, every, everything that opens up to them is of God. And that's not true. Just because you want something and that opportunity comes, that in itself, it can be, but not in itself. That in itself is not enough to do it because the devil would love to give you opportunities that feed your flesh. Give your desires to God. Let him purify them and get it all cleared up exactly what you're supposed to do. And he is a very detailed God. So we shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. It's all written down. Jesus meant what he said. God means what he says. If it's in word, if it's in, well, it's in you know, they talk about the red letters. <clears throat> you know, Jesus never said a word that was wasted. I, it's amazing to me. Every time Jesus opened his mouth, it was on target and not a word was wasted. <clears throat> no idle words at all. You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have great success, good success. Folks, God wants the best for you. If you believe that you're to get married one day, guess what? God has the best for you if you let him choose. He does. You know why? Because he knows what you need 30 years from now. Because we all grow and change, right? Some people grow apart. But, oh, if God's in it, if God has ordained it, then it's made the last just like this earth. This earth isn't going anywhere. This green new garbage stuff we have out there, it's all about fear and control. Folks, this is all about money. This green new deal stuff, not to get sidetracked, but this green new deal stuff that we're going through in this bill they just passed, this is, oh, this is garbage. This world's not going anywhere until Jesus comes to destroy it by fire. He designed this world to last to give us all the food and land we need and air we need until he returns. He built it for that purpose, and then he'll destroy it. Man cannot destroy this earth. Do we respect it and treat it right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, try to keep your waters clean. If you take a dirty lake and you leave it alone, it will clean itself. God made this to last until he comes. He's not coming one day and going, oh, what happened to the earth? It's not here anymore. No, no. And this is all about fear and control because once they pass certain bills concerning this Green New Deal, it gives them more and more control over you and me. You watch it and ask God to help you to see this and ask for wisdom <clears throat> that you don't get caught up in things of the world and um, just like transgenders and what they're doing. Everything is designed to destroy the nuclear family. Devil knows if he can destroy the nuclear family, the church as a whole is dead. That's why he said he'll always have a remnant. The devil will never get the whole church. He'll never get the whole church. Now, we need to turn this into our authority given us by Jesus to rule, rule in this world because he put everything under your feet, everything, starting with Adam and Eve. 
And he wants us as a church to be the ones that decide the way the world goes. Simply through our lives, our example, and the authority that he gives us to speak. So what a great trade-off. He wants you to prosper, and he will make you successful. I don't know what scripture it is right offhand, but he tells us that if we obey him and tithe and give, he'll not only bless what we give, he said, I'll bless your fields where that blessing came from. Folks, he's got you covered completely. Just trust him. Rest in him. Waiting on God is sitting on the edge of your seat just at any moment for him to give you word. You're waiting on him, not yourself, not the flesh. If you do not have a one-on-one relationship with the Lord, then you will be left. uh, You will leave a room open for someone else to rent. Think about that. One-on-one in holy math equals one. One plus one equals one. Because once we are one with Christ, and what does that mean to be one with him? Wanting his way, wanted his way, wanting his will, wanting what he wants, not you and me. That's what one-on-one is. It's choosing him. It's not where you kind of split things up between you and God and you you have some and he has some. No, no, one-on-one means, God, it's all about you. And I surrender myself completely to this vessel that you can fill it with you so that we become one and we can we can uh, conquer the world. We can defeat the devil. We can drive back sickness and everything that came from the fall. If you want to know how God wants us to live today, look at Adam and Eve when they first started. No sickness. There was no death. Uh, there was peace and rest and everything they ever needed was right there. He walked with Jesus in the cool of the evening. That's the way God created this world. When man sinned, we lost a lot of things. Jesus came to earth, and he took back death and hell and the tomb, and now death is no longer our enemy. The very definition of one-on-one is a complete focus on God and what he wants, as I mentioned earlier. Let me see how, much, how we're doing with our time, John. Um, got a few more minutes. You all right? Okay, so let's continue on. Study to show thyself approved unto God, as in 2 Timothy 2.15. This is from the King James Version. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Study. Folks, you need to hide the word in your heart. Can you give me, can you quote a scripture by memory right now? Do you have a fresh testimony? Folks, if you're walking with God, it may be little at times. It may not be a huge thing like parting the sea and stuff like that, but Every, I think every day God has an assignment for us. When you get up in the morning, I want you to do me a favor. When you get up in the morning, I want you to ask Jesus, what's my assignment today? I promise you there is something he wants to do through you today. Sometime before the day's over, there is something he wants you to do. It may be doing something small for someone. It may be noticing a need in someone's life and fulfilling it. It may be helping someone that's disabled. Um, on your life, as I mentioned, I run, and one day I met and prayed with uh, three different sets of people or people in one run. How do you do that while you're running? My antenna's up. I'm looking. Where's there a need? How can I help? How can you use me today, Lord? And so and when you get up, say, Jesus, first of all, start praising him. As your feet hits the floor, start praising him, and then ask him, what's my assignment or assignments today, Lord? Help me not to miss them. And if you are really pliable and open, you know, I used to throw pottery on the wheels as an art teacher. 
And I know what it was like to take the clay and get it moist and knead it and knead it and knead it until that hard block of clay got soft enough that I could do a pinch pot or a coil pot with it. And then if I wanted to throw on the wheel, I had some what they call slip, which is watery clay. Add some slip to it and put it on the wheel and start molding it with my thumbs and my hands. But my hands and thumbs need to know in advance what I'm making. I need to know what's going on. God doesn't want you ignorant. He wants you with knowledge. He wants you to know what's going on around you a little bit so you know how to pray, so you can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, so you can see something coming before you have to decide what to do with it. God doesn't want you caught off guard. Now, I know things will happen that we don't expect. That's not what I'm talking about. God doesn't want you and your spirit to be caught off guard in your response. Do you get what I'm saying? You may not know what's coming by your walking with God moment by moment. He can prepare your heart that when it hits you like that, all of a sudden you're not responding in carnality like you used to because he's preparing your heart for that day and your purpose. But we meditate on it so that we can see in the spirit what shall be manifest in the flesh. Isn't that awesome? So the idea of 2 Timothy 2.15 is that we, as we meditate on the word, then now we can see in the spirit what shall be manifest in the flesh. In other words, you get notice. Has God ever told you something in advance, let you know something's coming? Yeah, he'll do that. He'll deal with you. He'll work with you. He'll stir in you because he's in there. But you got to allow him. Think of the Holy Spirit as a second skin. That means whenever things happen, your whole, the Holy Spirit isn't on a delay or you respond to flesh or I wish I'd responded in the spirit because they were not working together. <clears throat> you have the mind of Christ, but you will not operate in the mind of Christ unless you give the mind of Christ permission to rule inside then you can have the mind of Christ that manifests in the physical. I believe that liberalism and communism are demonic. Now, I, I mention that because we need to see things before we can see them, before they That it's faith. Faith is a substance. It calls faith substance, almost like a physical object you can hold in your hand. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, things not yet seen, and the evidence of things not yet seen. So we have something, faith is something that is evidence that we can show people, and it's like a substance we can hold. Now, what does that mean? That means that you, people should be able to see your faith on your face. They should hear it in your voice. If you really believe the Word of God that you're healed, then by God's grace, you will walk as though it's already manifested because it's substance in your heart. And it shows on your face, in your words, and the things you say. How many times have we heard people say, will you pray for me, this and that hurts? And you pray, and they walk around talking how bad their knees are, I'm sorry, whatever, anything. Their mind, um, uh, the, maybe they have a, uh, migraines. Uh, folks, if you're going to pronounce death, you're not promoting life. You're not promoting faith. So what I suggest you do is, if you're going to believe for something, Resting in the best you can. And, of course, faith causes you to rest. It's like one man, he was healed his awful cancer on his chest. I mean, he had tentacles going out, and it was awful looking. And uh, one, one day he got the revelation that by his stripes I'm healed. And his wife was measuring that tumor one day. He said, honey, he said, the tumor's small. You know what his response was? Of course it is. I'm healed. 
he almost forgot about the cancer on him because his faith superseded the carnal mind. He had the mind of Christ take over. So when you really believe that you're healed, now I know, folks, it's a battle. Listen, I'm right with you. And I know it's a struggle, and you got to work. you got to work at this thing, folks. you got to, it's like boot camp. you got to get in there and get dirty. you got to dig ditches and fill them up again. You don't know why you dug it. You just do it. You know what's right. You memorize Scripture. You get it in your heart. You walk in it. You review it. You proclaim the Word. But then a lot of times we turn right around and we say, man, I've had an awful day, or it's been awful, or here's, here's even worse. I know tonight's going to be even worse. I mean, we would just speak it. What we're doing is when you speak the negative, your mouth is laying out a roadmap for the day. And your heart will follow that roadmap. You are self-proclaiming defeat. Well, let's turn it around. You can self-proclaim victory. You can speak it. By his stripes, I was healed. You may be in great. I know people that that prayed for, and the pain gets worse after they're prayed for. What do you think that's all about, folks? The devil does not want you to have victory. And he will use your five senses to scream at you and tell you, it's not for you. Remember, I gave you the three reasons, three reasons why we need to believe. And one was that it's for you, too. Folks, God never did one thing for one person that he didn't do for you as well. He is not a respecter of persons. He has the best of those that leave the choice to him. You begin to trust him. Why? Because you are required to look at people, them, and everything, and begin to trust. And the, well, let me go back to, because we're going to talk about government here. I believe that liberalism and communism are demonic. I mentioned that. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because we're seeing such an uh, uh, onslaught of this in our nation here like I've never seen before. And you need to know who your enemy is. Communism and and uh, liberalism, folks, I'm telling you right now, listen to me, it's demonic. One reason why we know it's demonic is it takes your attention, your trust in God, and puts it in man. See, liberalism and communism will promise you all kinds of things. Just give me your money, give me your life, give me your treasures, give me your home, give me everything. I'll take care of you. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Government, um, health care for everyone. How's that worked out with Obamacare, the ACA? You are not to put your trust in man. We work. We need a job. We pay taxes. We pay for our bills. We tithe. We do it all. We're responsible to these things. Even Jesus gave Simon money through a fish so that he could pay the taxes. Give unto Caesar what's Caesar, give unto God what's in God. The problem is we're giving everything to Caesar. We're not giving much to God at all, especially our trust. We wring our hands and we worry about things. Folks, it's not looking good out there, is it? It's not. But I'm telling you what, God is trying to stir up his people. And when we stand up against this thing, we have the authority to do it. And we're not talking about carnality either. When we talk about standing up, that means we, we take that sword, as I've mentioned before. That's the word of God. God's word will draw a line in the sand for the devil. And you take that sword and you draw a line in the sand and say, not here, devil, because the word of God says, and you, you hide it, you hid it in your heart, right? You hid the word in your heart, and you can speak it. Can you, let me just ask you, can you quote a, can you quote a scripture right now? Just quote it. Can you tell me your favorite scripture? Can you tell me the last time God used you or you saw God work and you got blessed? Can you tell me? Can you tell me the last time that you went to church 
and gave something and not just took? These are just basic questions, folks. We need to, we need to check out. Do you believe the, the word? Do you believe what it says? Or do you go by the results you've seen to determine what the word really means? That's why we have so many denominations. As we decide what the word means. I've talked to people. They'd say, I don't believe God speaks today. I don't believe he heals today. I find no scripture for that. All the apostles that left with the apostles. Then why did Jesus say, if you have any sick among you, call the elders? Why did he say that? Why did he say that to every believer, these signs shall follow those that believe? Laying on of hands. Folks, there's no excuse. You're not going to get out of it. You may think you're getting out of it by making excuses for not. See, we're trying to find reasons for not being led by the Holy Spirit and things manifesting in our lives and moving mountains and all these great things. We're trying to excuse it like with these, with these examples. But you and I are called to serve a living God, to walk faithfully before him, now whether you can see it or not. Even when you're healed, many years ago, my spiritual mothers taught me this when I was very young. Way back, she told me a story where she had a, a problem with her stomach, and she prayed, and God healed her. And she told me how that pain came back, and she told me how to, to view that. Since she knew she was healed, so now she had to resist those symptoms. See, the devil is full of symptoms, things he will throw at you and throw on you and throw in your path, all kinds of things that will just stir your emotions and your five senses. Before you know it, because you're not standing on a solid rock, you can't recall a scripture. You can't recall a testimony that's fresh. You should be able to go to church every Sunday and say, I have a word. I have a testimony. You folks, if you're going to have a prayer time together, you really need to have some testimonies first. Because people need to be encouraged. They need to know, oh, before we pray, I want you to tell you what God did for me yesterday. God took me over here, and I got a chance to witness. Oh, you know what? This has been bothering me in my foot, and I've been praying about it for a long time. And yesterday, I noticed the pain's gone, just like Barbara talking about her knees. Folks, that encourages the body. You need a testimony. You need something fresh. You don't need to go back 30 years later and talk about, and it's wonderful, you can go talk about your salvation experience if that's all you've got. Folks, you need something that, that comes off of your salvation. Are you any different from being saved? Ten years later, looking back, have you changed at all? There's one person I know of that actually bragged about being a gossip in a church. God help us, John. I mean, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm saying that whether I'm where I need to be or no, that is a truth. Boy, you better guard your tongue, and me too. And we all battle with this, folks. Don't be discouraged. Just ask God to forgive you, dust it off, walk on. If you were to go to Jesus after you ask forgiveness and say, Jesus, I'm really sorry about what happened, here's what he's going to say to you. What are you talking about? Because he will not remember it. Isn't that awesome? So I'm going to stop right there with uh, that just basic. I got a little sidebar there on liberalism and communism. But, folks, this is what the church is dealing with, that we are a direct assault right now by these liberalism uh, thoughts and liberals and demonic thoughts and communism. We are being attacked. And, church, you better keep your armor on. You better face your enemy. What's the very first thing you do, John, when you put on the armor? You learn how to stand. You get your balance. 
You got your arm, you're looking it over, you're reviewing all these wonderful things that God's given you. You got to get your balance. The Bible says when you've done all you you do to stand, then stand. When you've done all you know to do to stand, then stand. What does that mean? Don't go back on me. Don't, Don't start out with me and then turn around and say I give up or this or that. In other words, when you stand, would you just keep standing, please? Would you stay the course? So um, I pray that all those that are listening today, uh, I, I pray uh, that you will share this so others can hear this, and that if you need encouragement, I want to let you know that God's on your side. He loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's got great plans for you. I don't care if you came out of poverty, if you're part of a minority group that you feel like you've been slighted. God takes care of all of that. George Washington Carver, one of the greatest men probably to, to live a man that talked to flowers, he would go into his uh, office in his college and they would knock on his door and he had a high-pitched voice. He'd say, we're busy. And he was all alone. He was communing with God. He asked God to show him the miracles, the mysteries of the universe, John. Ask God to show them to him. God said, that's too much, but I will tell you about the peanut. And he gave him at least 300 ways to use a peanut. George Washington Carver went to a revival service with some men, and one man kind of flippantly said, I wonder how many people here are saved. George Washington Carver began to scan the audience and look around. And when he was done, he looked at the man, and he said, nine godly man, godly man. Boy, I tell you what, if people ever wonder about, uh, are you a racist? Let me tell you what, I love to hear a Holy Ghost man of God that's a black race i loved it there's something oh, just so yeah. wonderful about them when they're on fire for god and they preach john mm-hmm. it's just so wonderful i don't care what color you are walk with god i don't care what color you are be a present that seeks god's face yes separation of church and state not in god's eyes there is no separation. no there is you can't separate your christian walk with christianity you're you're with politics you can't separate your christian walk with being a teacher a librarian a, a, a farmer a, a person that collects your garbage for you god bless them so thankful for them got a chance to share and bless tell them the other day how blessed i was for their work and how wonderful it is and i appreciate it so much Folks, it doesn't matter what you do. You don't separate it from God. God should be the center of everything you do, say, and think. So if you're in a situation where you're lost, backslidden, or a Christian but not growing, that you couldn't answer my questions and say upright, yes, 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 then I encourage you to take a new look at your walk. Be honest. Look at the way it is. Look at yourself in the mirror spiritually and see Strip it down and see what, what's going on in your heart and your mind and begin to walk that way, to learn the Word, study the Word, pray fast, seek Him, ask for directions, and trust Him without understanding. Just lean not to your understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. You notice how John, God says a lot in the Bible, all and every? Mm-hmm. He says that a lot, even in some of the reading I had here today. If we'll just do this, if we'll just do that, God's not failing us. No. He never fails. And so I encourage you right now to just pray with me. Jesus, I acknowledge you as the only begotten of the Father. I acknowledge you as my Christ to come into my heart and save me. 
Sanctify me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, take me all the way with you. Get me on that path. Convict me. Lord, give me your word through the scripture and people that walk close with God and the the revelation in your own heart, the three together. Lord, I give you control of my life. I give you permission to rule and reign in my life and to convict me and draw me and point to things that need to change. I, I give you permission to stop me in the middle of a speech and say, don't say that. Don't do that. I give you permission. I make you Lord of my life. Even as a believer, I renew that relationship today. Like like couples do a renewing of their vows after so many years, renew your vows to the Lord right now. Make it fresh again. And remember, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And he'll forgive it and forget it, and you'll move on with him. Ask him to help to take every idle word captive. Ask him to help you that what comes out of your mouth is of the kingdom of God. I believe, folks, the Bible says if you can control the tongue, you can control any part of the body. That's how powerful our words are. It speaks life and death. You're going to, you're going to speak one, folks. You're going to serve some master. Everybody's going to serve a master. It may be your flesh. It may be you. Like I heard that woman say, she says, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I'm my God, and I worship me. I heard her say it. God help us. God help us, folks. Uh, the world, the church is starting to smell like the world. I said that Sunday morning. Did you? Yeah. They, they, they can't. They can't. <clears throat> folks, the world can't tell us apart. How many times do you hear people, they die, John? I know the sadness of Olivia Newton-John dying a day or, four or two ago. And I know that we're talking from the world's point of view, so I expect this. But what really bothers me, John, is there's no reference to God or Jesus or their life for the Lord. It's always they had a hit record or they sang or they were beautiful or this and that or these things they've accomplished. Those are all fine. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. But, oh, I I started thinking to myself, Lord, I want someone to say about me, maybe by his grace, to say something about my walk with the Lord, not whether I was an artist or he, he, he struggled with his disability or something like that. I, no, I want them to say, man, he said this one day and it really helped me. The, he said something over here, it changed my life. That's what I want. I want people to bring seeds to my funeral. Yeah, that's good. I want to see harvests. I want to see your life and my life extended by when we're gone through what we're doing right now and recorded and things. I want our ministry. Your ministry doesn't end when you leave this world. That's when, yeah, sometimes it begins. It sometimes, yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. How, how valuable, they're trying to sell a car from the movie Grease that Olivia Newton-John signed. Why is it valuable to sell now, John? Because she's gone. She's gone. Yeah. And she can't sign anything else. Right. So that makes her signature more important. Right. How important is your signature when you leave this world yeah. in the eyes of God? That's good. Does your name stir the kingdom of God on earth? Does your name stir the devils? What does your name do when you leave this world? What do people say about you? What do you want them to say about you? You have a choice here, folks, to leave beside, behind you a legacy and a ministry to continue on until Jesus returns. And not only that, if you plant the right seeds in your children through the generations that come, 
the people that are changed because that seed travels up through those generations. And all of a sudden we have, instead of thieves and robbers, we have prophets and evangelists and, and godly lawyers and godly uh, governor and governors and, and godly men and women of God speaking over their, their lives and the lives of people through the, the career that they've established in honor of the Lord. You know, John, you don't have to be a lawyer that goes to hell. You don't have to, but if you, God doesn't help you, if you go into that field, God help you because the stage is set for you to fall in line with everybody else. Are you going to do it? We go to these colleges, we send our kids off to colleges, they come back atheists. They, we, they come back with no belief in God. And we think, what happened? God help us to train our children the way they should go. It says when they get old, they won't depart from it, John. I don't think that means that when they get old, they remember again. I think that means that they will never lose it even when they get old. That's so good. They will always be with them. Amen. Amen. John saying the awesome job today. Wow, that's powerful. You want to be a part of this ministry by giving, you can do that. Text the word PULSE to 1-304-244-3187. You can go to thepulsechurch.com and give through PayPal or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasway, West Virginia, 26624. The first person that donates $100 today, John Sandy will wash your car, cut your grass, and pressure wash your house. I'll even spit shine your shoes. Spit shine your shoes. That's good stuff. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow for the next edition of the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.